Two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies. Talking about the struggle, talking about Big Papa. Hello, everyone, and of course, I'm speaking to all of the people in the entire world. Welcome to another bonus episode of Big Papa's. It's Dan Worry-Smith. I've got a very special guest with me today. He's an actor and comedian, a founding member of the Skechersons, uh, the star of Filth City. He's a co-host of the podcast There's Always Jeopardy. He has a new sketch album, Dumb Phone Calls, available now. And most pertinent to his presence here today with us, he is father to a little baby named Larry uh, on the line i have pat thornton pat thanks for being with me today thanks for having me my pleasure so your son larry is almost a year old just kind of in general terms i wonder if you could describe how you found the parenting experience and maybe the transition going from not having a kid to being around for the pregnancy and then becoming a dad yeah uh so he's eight and a half months um and uh I don't know. For us, it took a like a long time to have Larry. Oh, so he's a bit of a uh, a miracle for us, which is great. Um, nice. So I don't know. I think it was. I think the transition was easier for us, or maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, but I think we've just been like dreaming about it for so long and worried about it for so long that like it just felt natural and right when we had him, you know? And we just, like, we're like, okay, this is our life now. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was easier, but it, it felt to us like it was, so that's good. Well, that's great. If, if if it did take you a while, then, like, you know, extra congrats. I'm sure it's uh, really, really exciting to uh, to finally get a chance to, you know, have a kid if, if you've been trying for a while or, you know, whatever it was that did take so long. Um you know, before the whole pandemic happened, which which obviously we'll talk about parenting and the pandemic in a little bit, um, mm-hmm. how did you find the balance uh, between parenting and keeping up what you have to do work-wise as an actor, a writer, a comedian? Well, it was uh, nuts because when he was born, I was in the middle of shooting a, a Netflix movie. I play a dad in like a tween dance comedy and um uh yeah and it was one of these just weird gigs where like me and all the other parents are like at all the performances throughout the movie so most of my scenes are just me clapping right (laughs) but it was like 25 days or something so uh larry was born in the middle of that so we were uh uh, we were sitting in the hospital uh, waiting for him to be born, and uh, we were like, hey, uh, I have to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh. And um, uh, he was a, a C-section, as it turned out, and they were like, we'll, we'll uh, make this work for you. <laughs> and then, uh, so it was weird. And then, um, so we had the baby, and then I ran off to work. And then... Uh, the craziest part about that time for me for the first like three four weeks was uh i was on set so many days and like my wife kept trying to comfort me and be like don't worry about not being around you know like this is super normal in the history of mankind that uh the dad just has to go to work you know right uh and i was like yeah but if you could see what i was doing at work (laughs) (laughs) i'm just sitting in a chair like Wondering if I should wander over to the craft services for another bottle of water, you know what I mean? Um, it was just a wild time because I was just like mostly sitting there for like 
13, 14 hours a day. Super grateful for the work, but uh, what a weird time to be like, I just want to be home with my baby. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, I did that gig, and then uh, I was able to take a bunch of time off after it, uh, which maybe I shouldn't have taken off now that we're in a pandemic. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I uh, really didn't do anything for like... Uh, four months or something, and uh, that was really great. Yeah, that that's great time when when you get to to be as a family, and I you know so, so many changes happened in those early stages. Uh, I mentioned to you when we first jumped on the line before that my son is just over three months old, and one of the things that we've been noticing that's you know kind of the, the biggest bummer maybe about uh, being in quarantine uh, for us is that so many people in our life don't get to experience this early stage of growth for him. So I'm glad right. that you, yeah. you got a chance to do a bunch of that. Um, how did you handle the transition into the quarantine life parenting-wise? Uh, did that bring any challenges? Uh, I mean, it's not too bad, you know, like, it's a drag, like you're saying, that is, like, his grandparents can't hold him, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think more than anything for us, we're super lucky to have a kid at this stage because, uh, you know, kids that are older are, like, asking a lot of questions or upset that they can't go play with their friends or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but he gives us a day you know what i mean like he's uh it creates structure where there wouldn't be any structure you know like i we have to get up and we have to take care of him and it's good you're tired by the end of the day and you felt like you did something but uh you're just hanging out with a baby and it's and you're not like having to teach them or anything yeah, my wife and I have noted like, oh, you know, the people we know that don't have kids, like it must be nice to be able to take a super long nap if you feel like it or watch five movies in a day if you want or whatever. But I also feel like I might be personally more susceptible to kind of getting bummed out or reading too much of the news or something like that if I didn't have, you know, the immediacy of the needs of the two kids that we have at home. So we're, we're super thankful for that uh, and also still a little bit jealous of people without kids every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I have mixed feelings about it too, but I think <laughs> I think more than anything, uh, I would be overthinking and uh, and feeling crazier if yeah. I didn't have a baby to worry about. Yeah. Um, well, one of the, the main reasons I wanted to get you on the show uh, is because there, there's there been this hoopla around a series of photos that you've posted <laughs> on social media uh, titled and hashtagged Larry Looks, where you and your wife Maggie dress up Larry as a different celebrity each day. And I mean, I don't know to what extent you feel this is true, but to, to some extent it's gone viral. And I think people are really delighted by it. I mean, Larry is adorable. He's got this huge smile um, um, and you've posted, I think, just over 60 of them now. Uh, what can you say about maybe what your expectations were going in and, and the response you've received up to this point? Well, I mean, honestly, uh, for us, it was my wife's idea, this project, because she's a real uh, craft whiz. Um, so she just wanted to create a project that would uh, sort of keep us busy and doing something. She thought that I would be less restless if I was getting social media likes <laughs> um, and uh, there's probably some truth to that um, <laughs> anyway so she had this idea to dress uh, Larry up every day and uh, and it sounded really fun but honestly we thought the lockdown was going to take three weeks right. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, so we never even considered like we thought that people would like it 
uh, and, and like I posted the first one with a big speech about how like to help us all through these troubling times I'm uh, we're gonna dress our baby like somebody famous every day um, and then uh, people started to really respond to it like people were like this is what's getting me through <laughs> you know like there we some nurses that reached out to us who uh, print out the photos and and put them up at the hospital every day for oh, that's everybody. Amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, crazy stuff like that, and we're like, whoa! But we just didn't think we would have to do it so long that it uh, would become <laughs> such an event for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it has become at least like uh, a Toronto sensation. We've gotten a bunch of press, which is crazy. Like, Toronto started an article, and now and Blog To did a podcast, and uh, uh, they covered it on the CTV Morning Show. Like, it's been bananas and it's uh it's weird uh watching people on tv being like we love larry <laughs> you're like that's our little baby <laughs> who has no idea you know what i mean yeah yeah uh yeah so it's just a it's just a really crazy fun project but um it's weird too because we are hearing from uh people who are definitely homophobes uh who are like every time we post um uh, him like dressed as a woman for right. instance we hear a lot of uh, oh he's going to need therapy oh he'll never forgive you for this one and we're like <laughs> we're just not going to worry about that <laughs> and do you do you engage in any of that kind of negativity or do you just completely ignore it I just completely ignore it when those posts are on my posts I just delete them right. because I don't need that but yeah no I, I don't care I'm not going to change anybody's mind yeah, I, I, I guess that's uh, so the nature of the beast on social media is that everybody's just kind of out there representing whatever their terrible opinions are or their good opinions. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, I wonder, you know, like if 10 years from now, Larry says to you, I want to be an actor, is, you know, with you being in that profession, how would you feel about that? Well, uh, I'm not crazy about the idea of him uh, being an actor, though, like, uh, everybody uh, is like, this kid needs an agent. <laughs> but, uh, I don't really want to make that my life, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've done a lot of things, shot a lot of things with kids, and uh, their parents don't seem so happy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Their life is, is sitting on an iPad at, at the side of the set you know what i mean yeah it's a grind yeah yeah so uh, i don't really want to do that i mean also uh the acting life is so full of rejection and weirdness that i don't if he doesn't need it i don't want to put him through it <laughs> yeah but uh it's a combo of that and me not wanting it to be my job Right. Well, luckily, it's something you don't have to worry about for a, for a while, I guess. Yeah. Um, ha have you thought about or, or discussed with your wife, like, you know, how you'll tell Larry about this? I mean, I guess it, it'll still be a few years before he can really kind of understand for you to look back and say, oh, yeah, we did this thing with you. Have you talked about that at all? Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, we're uh, we're kind of excited to tell him. Like, um like people sort of think that that we would be like uh, scared to tell him i don't know i i think that he's just like these memories will come up on facebook and we can show him how everyone's like like we love you this is getting us through you know yeah <laughs> like uh 
So, yeah, I think that there's just so much positivity around it that um, uh, that we just want him to be excited about it instead of approaching it like it's a weird thing, you know? For sure. And then, of course, he can say to you, I need therapy because you dress me as a girl, Dad. What the hell's your problem? <laughs> Um, yeah, my answer to that is honestly, everyone needs therapy. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, I, you know the, the the fact that you know, like a, a nurse is printing them out and showing to people like that really is. I, I you know, I, I can't imagine um, if there'd be a more satisfying result of it. I'm sure that was unintended. Um, I read in one of the interviews that you did um, that Roberta Bondar, who's a Canadian astronaut, who was the first costume that you did, that you had gotten word that she had seen the picture. Was that kind of all? Like someone just told you, oh, she saw it and she liked it? Or is there any more to that story? And, you know, somebody just sent me, a, a, like, a screen grab of a text conversation with her saying that, uh, showing her, this is Larry, who's dressed like you. And she's like, oh, that's excellent. And that's that's all we got. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's still great. And uh, Chris Hatfield retweeted it when we did him. Those are, wow. I think, I think the astronauts are the only subjects that personally responded in any way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, as as CanCon goes, I really liked the Gord Downey one. Um, oh yeah, uh, I I really liked Dolly Parton, which I showed to my daughter. She's about to turn three, and she's like obsessed with Dolly Parton right now, which is <laughs> is a nice transition. Uh, we're, we're moving a little bit out of the Wiggles and into Dolly Parton, which is which is fun. And I think my personal favorite is Del Griffith, just because I love planes, trains, and automobiles so much. Oh um, yeah, I, I love his face. Wait, where's that mustache? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you have a favorite? Uh, I've been uh, looking at them a lot, and uh, I <laughs> think my favorite is. Uh, I mean, Gordani has a very and John Candy. They have a very uh, special places in my heart. But uh, just picture wise, I think the um, I think Roger Rabbit is my favorite. Oh yeah, because the. Uh, because the like cartoon detail is so good that my wife did, and um, uh, and he just looks so happy. <laughs> he definitely looks like a shot. happy kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and now, like, are you under pressure to keep it going? Like, are there? Are you are you struggling to come up with new ideas at any point, or or is Maggie feeling like I'm working too hard to make these costumes? Like how is how is the response kind of uh, you know manifesting, and you're feeling any any pressure at this point? Yeah, I mean there is a, a certain pressure, but I think it's good. Um, like we think people will feel be upset if we just stopped, uh, and this was still going on, but. Um, yeah, and it gets stressful, like we're short on ideas and try, always trying to figure out like what we can do to stretch it out and who we can do next and, and whatever. And uh, But ultimately, we're happy to have something to do every day. So it's, it's worth it. And it's worth it for, as my wife says, the social media life. <laughs> like it's making everybody happy. So uh, we're happy to do it. Yeah, you get that I dopamine guess is our official answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, switching gears, I, maybe you're sick of talking about this stuff. I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, letting me in on, on some of the details as long as you did there. Um, I know for many years now you've done an annual event where you perform comedy live for 24 hours straight in support of the Stephen Lewis Foundation. And I saw that you and Larry were also recently getting the word out for the hashtag Giving Tuesday Now, which supports right. Can- 
Canadian journalism. Um, what does a commitment to charitable causes mean to you as a performer and part of your life? Well, uh, good question. Um, I'm not heavily involved in in a lot of charity stuff. The uh, the 24-hour event uh, for the Stephen Lewis Foundation meant a lot to me because, uh, and I did it, I did it for five years straight, and then I took six years off, and I did it one more time, uh, just because I wanted to hit a, a certain money marker uh, that was b- bothering me. <laughs> so I did it one more time, um, and so that was a, and it became more and more important to me as much for the charity as the sense of community, like. It just felt really good to have like a lot of comedians working on something really positive, um, and that's that's how that show works. My the twenty four hour stand up is like people come and write jokes for me. I don't try to do my own material for twenty four hours. Okay. Um, so people come and write jokes for me, and it becomes like a big community event where like you know hundreds of comedians will have come through the rooms throughout the the course of the twenty four hours or or other people who want to write jokes or, or whatever, but it just feels really good <laughs> to like raise a bunch of money and get a community feeling like they're doing something. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess my answer is that I'm really positive about charity, but I don't seek it out that much. Right. I don't drive it, uh, that much, but like, these the friends of Canadian Broadcasting uh, called me last week and said, "Do you want to do this thing?" And they wanted Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't specifically ask for Larry, but they did really talk a lot about Larry Lux when they were asking me, and I was like, "This is why you thought of me." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then I just put Larry in the videos. It was fun, but uh, but I was like, "Sure, yeah, this sounds like fun," and it was easy enough, and. Whatever. I like doing good things with good people. Right. So is the format <laughs> of the 24-hour show, is it you on stage for 24 hours straight, or are you letting other people jump up every now and then? No, it's it's me. Wow. I go to the bathroom a few times, but it's it's me on stage, and then it's it's just people putting jokes in a bowl and me reading them. And are there any points where there's nobody else there? Not nobody, uh, but it gets down to a, a real skeleton crew. <laughs> are there like, are there any particularly weird or memorable moments from any of these years? Like, it must. I mean, you must be getting, if not um, delirious, then at least super sleepy. Um, do, yeah. Are, are like, does really weird stuff end up happening, or does it just well, maybe uh, kind of yeah, get yeah. less funny every now and then? Like, the, what do you remember? What happens? Uh, it's a little bit like, I don't know, like early days of Twitter when everybody was just like playing games on there, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, someone would make a joke about their boss being a dolphin and then put hashtag, uh, this is how I know my boss is a dolphin. And then, <laughs> right. and then everybody would, would over, write that joke or whatever. So it's, it's sort of like that where like, oh. A joke will make me laugh, and then uh, it'll start a thread. Like people will just start writing another version of that joke, or like a sequel to that joke, or or like one year uh, we started making jokes about uh, Kevin Sorbo okay. uh, eating garbage. That uh, he was out of work and he was eating garbage, and he couldn't stop eating garbage. And we told these jokes 
variations of these jokes for like 20 hours. And uh, I mean, mixed in with other jokes or whatever, but but this stayed alive for about 20 hours and we were all crying, laughing about it. And then uh, Gary Rideout Jr., who uh, owns and operates the comedy bar, got Kevin Sorbo to come for the weekend uh, and called it the Kevin Sorbo Garbage Weekend. And he had no idea why. <laughs> wow. It was just this crazy, like, gift to everybody that was at this event. And it was insane. And did you it have to insane. then perform that material in front of Kevin Sorbo? No, no, but I got to perform with uh, with him. And he did improv with a bunch of people over the weekend. It was so crazy weird. Like, he kept uh trying to make scenes about blaming mexicans for traffic (laughs) 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 anyway he's a bit of a nut job republican but uh he was nice to us we gotta (laughs) we gotta send him some of the uh the larry looks uh female costumes and uh see what he thinks about those um on the topic of comedy, you know, so many industries are going to be impacted or already impacted by this crisis that we're all going through and uh, certainly anything to do with live performance. Have you given much thought to how the future of comedy might look? Yeah. I, you know, a lot of comedy is going online during this pandemic. And I think that um, I think that the people who figure it out and get it right. Uh, are going to keep doing it for a long time. I mean, comedy has always existed on YouTube and and other places, but I think it will just be more and more and more uh, Zoom things until until comedy clubs start coming back. But that could be years, (laughs) like in a real way, you know? Um, So I think that... I think that stand-up has to change a lot to do it like that um i think that the sort of the setup and punch of a joke uh doesn't play because you're like waiting for an audience to laugh right <laughs> and uh, now everybody's just playing to a screen and not hearing any laughter and uh music works really well on zoom right because right. it's just a song and you just play the song all the way to the end so i think that um I think that a lot of comedy will change to become more appropriate for just doing it into a camera and into a computer in a way where just the delivery system will be different, where you just have to write like a monologue that, that just, uh, just rolls all the way through to the end instead of, instead of joke after joke that sort of like serves it up and waits for a laugh, you know? Yeah. For sure. I've, I've watched some of, uh, you know, last week, uh, UCB did some Ask Cat shows on Zoom and I uh, watched, uh, one of the Big Mouth table reads, which is pretty good. So I, there's obviously tons of stuff going on out there. Um, have you done any of those shows? Have you done some Zoom stuff? And, it, you know, if so, how has the experience been as a performer when you're not getting any of that instant feedback? Uh, it's, I mean, it's strange. Um, it's just really strange. I think we're all just, trying to figure it out you know like uh you know as a performer you get to a point where you like you know you're doing it because you need laughs, <laughs> and then if you're like you're like oh so i just don't get to hear any of the laughs then you're like then why am i doing this what is this um and yeah so i've done a few uh, shows and they were fun and i'm having more fun as i do more but uh 
but yeah, I'm not going to pretend that it's not really weird still. Right. Oh, it's a good thing you get those social media likes. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are still making me feel good. That'll feed the fire. Well, <laughs> aside from the unprecedented limelight of the Larry Looks phenomenon, what has been your favorite aspect of being a dad so far? Oh, um, man, I just... Uh... I love that I have jokes with him already. That he can't talk, but uh, but we just have jokes, and he like starts the jokes now. Sometimes, <laughs> like he just really likes shaking his head at us, and then we shake our heads back, like like he's saying no, like uh, really enthusiastically, and uh, we'll just like shake our heads back, and they'll laugh and laugh and laugh, and uh, he loves it. And yeah, you know, I'm. Admittedly, a guy who needs laughs, but uh, there's nothing more magical or feels more earned than a a laugh for my kid. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just great. That that is great. Um, Do you, you know, based on just the experience that you've had so far, could you think of a piece of advice that you might give to other dads who are maybe expecting for the first time or earlier along than, than where you're at? Well, yeah, I mean, the one piece of advice, and this, I don't know how useful this is, but um, that I, oh, I'll, I'll give two pieces of advice, and if I think of something better, I'll give more. Um, but well, number one, I was uh, warned about this, about the baby dump, that like everyone in your life that has babies will try to give you stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and you have to learn, and they they're gonna pretend like they're being nice, but they're just getting it out of their house. So you ha- just have to learn to say no to people. You just have to because yeah. because the more stuff, it's just now it's your problem. Uh, so somebody warned me about that, and uh, and we did really well with it. We my brothers all tried to give me stuff, and uh, we were like, no, no, <laughs> and uh, it was good. I was. I was happy with that. So beware of the baby dump because uh, because you will be surrounded by people who uh, are acting like they're just trying to be very nice to you. <laughs> they have their own motives. Um, uh, so there's, that's one piece of advice. And the other one is like, like I can't believe guys who are like hung up on about diapers. You know what I mean? Like... People who are like, uh, like I've talked to people who are going to be dads or who are like not sure about being dads because they're like, oh, the dirty diapers or whatever. Like, it's just nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. Like, like you'll get over it in a minute. Relax. For sure. Uh, yeah. Like I've, I don't know, like a friend of a friend, but like what is having a baby and but said that that, uh, that the deal that he made with his wife was that he would never touch a diaper. If she wants a kid, they'll have a kid, <laughs> but he'll never touch a diaper. And Good just Lord. Like, it's just stupid. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be up in the thousands for diapers now and it, you're, yeah. it, it just that, that, yeah, it, it, it's a quick little thing and it happens all the time. And, uh, well, you know, I guess not everyone has the same type of uh, approach or perhaps egalitarian parenting mindset. So, 
Um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Well, I, I don't want to take any, any more of your time. I really appreciate you uh, taking a little chunk out of your day to chat with me, Pat. Is there anything other than uh, your new album or Larry Looks or perhaps the 25 days worth of footage of you sitting pretending to be a dad in an audience that you'd like to plug? Let anyone know about? Uh, currently, um, you can watch the... Uh the movie cut of Phil City online for free um, at philcity.net if uh, anyone hasn't seen it. But uh, just a, uh, an action comedy I got to be a villain in that I uh, am super proud of. So Great for um, uh, philcity.net, you can you can watch that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's good for me. Nice. And, yeah, if you're listening and you haven't already checked it out, please take a look at the Larry Look series. It's amazing. Uh, Pat Thornton, thanks so much for being with me. I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Stay safe. Yeah.